0: Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions Pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. vivid memories from growing up was reading two books in high school that absolutely changed my life. They were The Dream Giver by Bruce Wilkinson and The Journey of Desire by John Eldridge. Both of these books centered around identifying the unique strengths, interests, personalities, and desires that God gives us and using those characteristics to identify and pursue our calling or purpose. As a 15 or 16 year old, it was prime time for me to be thinking about what was next and those books gave me so much hope and excitement about what was ahead. I will make sure to link those books in the description of the podcast in case you or your student are interested in reading them, I highly recommend them. Now, I'm not a child psychologist, but I'm willing to bet that it's pretty normal for teenagers to experience this kind of excitement about everything possible for them as they enter adulthood. After all, don't most kids wish that they were adults? So by the time you become a teenager, you really start to see it coming around the corner. I would hope that you'd be pretty excited. As adults, we know that life is full of grief and disappointment and struggle and... Most likely our kids are going to experience those things as well, but it's also full of really beautiful things and we don't want them to miss out on those beautiful things because they get so hung up on the grief or the disappointment or the fear of what's coming. I'm more and more and more concerned, though, at this point that our young people are lacking hope that felt so natural to me a couple decades ago. So what I'd like to cover in this podcast today is where did the hope go and why does hope matter for our teenagers? And then in our next episode, we'll talk about how to develop hope in your kids if you feel like it's something that they are missing. But I'm going to go into where... I feel like hope is gone, and of course it's not completely gone, and this will be very individualistic to your student. I also want to be really clear that this is my opinion, and I've heard some people talking about this. This isn't totally from me, but I'm not going to cite any journal articles or books that I've read. This is more my observation of where we are as a culture right now. So the first thing I want to cover is where did hope go? So obviously it's not totally gone, and this is going to be very, very individualistic to your student. But there's one thing in particular that comes to mind right away, and I'll bet you can think of it too, and that is COVID. So especially for kids who grew up and experienced covid While they're at that really impressionable age, let's say, well, really, it's all impressionable, but let's say a 13 or 14 year old experiences COVID, that had such an impact on their sense of safety in the world. And honestly, it had an impact on all of our sense of safety in the world. But I think it, my concern is that it threw them into survival mode. And I don't know how many of them have gotten out of that survival mode all the way. I think they are swimming in a culture of fear and whether or not they realize it and whether or not you think that they're especially fearful they might they might not be and if they're not that's great. But I do think we need to acknowledge whether or not they would describe themselves as fearful or would or would consciously experience of fear for their own safety. The water that they're in, the environment that they're in is a culture of fear and survival mode. So we have COVID, we have the mass shootings that we've experienced, particularly in the U.S. over the last decade. I think that's really impacted our overall sense of safety and trust for other people. I think the recession of 2008 also impacted them, which might sound a little bit weird because they were little itty-bitty kids at that point, but this is not coming from me. I've, I've heard this before. We know that the recession impacted the way that we approached finances at that point. And, and for a lot of families, that was a really difficult time. So even if kids don't understand what's happening, doesn't mean that they're not impacted by the financial strain of the family. So what we're seeing is that this Gen Z generation compared to millennials are more interested in jobs that will make more money. So the financial aspect of a job or the ability to make a lot of money Is a higher priority to them than it was for the millennial generation. Millennials were a little bit more focused on finding careers that had meaning and purpose, not so worried about money. I'd say now that they've grown up, they're probably a little bit more worried about the money. But comparatively, if we look at a a typical college age millennial and a typical college age Gen Z student or high school age Gen Z student, the Gen Z students are going to be more concerned about financial security, which makes sense since they grew up during and then right after that recession. And then we know that these students, a lot of them have been overprotected and overcoddled. So not allowed to fail, not asked to do anything especially difficult. And of course, this is very specific. There are plenty of students who've actually had really traumatic experiences and maybe have been forced to grow up too quickly or taken on too much too quickly. But in general, what we're observing is that this generation coming into college has been pretty protected. So they haven't learned how to fail and then get back up and try again. Because they've been protected from failure. So that translates, in in my opinion, that translates into a lack of hope because they don't know their own ability to be resilient. They don't know their own ability to do hard things and succeed. So why does hope even matter? I think we all, as a general rule, we know hope matters. We all would prefer to experience hope as opposed to to a lack of hope. But I want to talk about why hope matters specifically when we're talking about making decisions about college and major and career, etc. So the reason that it matters is that making these decisions takes a lot of thought, it takes a lot of ownership, and it takes a lot of investigation. If you're going to make a really good decision about let's say a major, then that's not going to be an overnight thing that will take research it'll take talking to people about their jobs in that particular career field it will take experimenting maybe trying a an entry level position or an internship in that area and that takes a lot of effort and energy now if you are feeling like you're fighting your student to show interest in that process. There could be several different reasons for this, but I wonder if it's because they don't really have hope for what's next. If you don't have hope that you're going to find a, a major that you enjoy and, and a career that you love, then you don't put in the work necessary. And so I'm, I wonder if some of the complacency or even numbness that we see in high school age students is because they just don't have hope that their future is going to be good. And then it keeps them going when the going gets tough. So we all have experienced this when we hit a roadblock or when we fail or when, we, when it's just harder than we thought it was going to be. If we don't have hope that the end goal is worth pursuing, we're going to stop pursuing it. And again, this is what I'm worried that, I'm, that I see in students. They don't have the mental toughness to push through when things get hard, when their classes get hard, when the process of deciding on a college and a major gets hard because they just don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we're going to put a pin in it there and pick up the conversation in the next episode uh, by going over how to help your student develop the hope that they may be missing. But in the meantime, I'd like to encourage you to consider your own hope level. Do you have hope for your future? Do you have hope for your student's future? As I said, we're all swimming around in this culture of fear that's been created by things like COVID and by the political tension and by the mass shootings and the violence that's been on the rise, even if we would consider ourselves to be hopeful people, doesn't mean that we're not impacted by the environment that we're in. So are you guarding your hope? Are you nurturing your hope? And if not, are there some ways that you can do that? It's really hard to pass on something that you don't have yourself. So if you want to instill hope in your student, I would take a, a good long look at your own hope level and start nurturing that um, as you get ready to nurture the hope in your student. And finally, I would recommend that you consider encouraging your high school or a college student to read the books that I mentioned earlier. I'll make sure to include them in the show notes. All right, have a great week, and we'll talk again next Thursday. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at calling and consulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan.